What's up, guys? This episode is brought to you by our favorite budgeting app, Every Dollar. Rachel and I love Every Dollar because it is the easiest way to take control of your money, build the right habits, and make progress on your goals. You can download it for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Hey guys, I'm Rachel Cruz. I'm George Camel. And this is Smart, Smart Money, Money Happy, Happy Hour. Cheers. So this is the show where two friends who happen to be money experts talk about what you're talking about. Everything from pop culture, what's going on in the world, and of course, your money. And this one is especially awkward because we're talking about awkward money conversations, how to have them, how to handle them, how to navigate them, and we've all been there. Cringe-worthy. So much cringe. Yes. That's the the thing the kids are saying these days. Cringe. Awkward is done. We now say, that's so cringe. But I like the cringe because you physically are like, oh, I'm cringing. Yeah, it's a visceral reaction. It is, and there are some of those in this episode, and I cannot wait to talk through it. It's going to get weird, but we specialize in weird here at Ramsey Solutions, don't we? That we do, that we do. So we are sipping on a cocktail called... The Tom Hanks. The Tom Hanks. Or also known as the Diet Cocaine, which we'll get into Mm -hmm. later. We'll get into why that is. It's delicious and fascinating. I thought you would like it, Rachel. I know, Based on the ingredient very, choices. Very different. So stay tuned. We're going to give it our rating, reveal what's in it, and give you the cost per glass at the end of the episode. All right. We have a lot to unpack, George. A lot to unpack. Emotionally. And it might be like a therapy session. So just prepare Are you the therapist? yourself. I could be. Here's my question to you, George. Yeah, I feel like usually it's why me you, giving you the therapy. Why do you feel like money is so awkward to talk about? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's, you know, childhood upbringing your socioeconomic background that you grew up in, that you came from, your own personal money mistakes, the shame, the baggage, the the regret, and all of the insecurities we have about money. Are we are, we're not where we should be. We're not where our friends are. And so there's so much that all bubbles to the surface that makes it all cringe. I agree. And there's just such a value on money these days. How much you have, how little you have, what the money you have buys you. I mean, it's just like there's so much feels like so much value it's, around this it's topic. It's weirdly taboo compared to the things we're happy to talk about in other yes, areas. Yeah, but this one, woo, can we're talking about be it. awkward. We're not yep. scared. We ain't scared at all. Nope. All right. And research even says that money is hard to talk about because of two closely related things, guilt and shame. There you it is. You said it, George. You Where's were right. Brene when we need her? You were right. Wow. Guilt and shame. Yeah, people worry they might be living an easier life than someone else. That's one reason. So it pulls on their conscience. They start to feel guilty. On the flip side, comparison culture can lead to shame. And uh, it's a little bit different than guilt, shame and guilt. When people think they need more money to compete with others, they tend to feel that shame or embarrassment. So technically money is a need to a certain extent, right? We need food and shelter. Yeah, you gotta use it to buy stuff and stay yeah. alive. Yeah. But you know, being in survival mode with money, it can be really emotional. Yep. So the bottom line is, is that talking about money, it is tricky, tricky. So let's look at some examples. And this was great because we polled you, you asked all the listeners, out there yes, the fans. on social media. And it was great because we asked like, hey, will you send us some of your awkward money situations or conversations? And you came for it. Showed up. You showed up. And we so appreciated it because there is a lot, George. So let's start first with family and mm. money. Already so cringe. So the first family money question is, how do I talk to my parents about money if they're not on the same page as I am? Ooh. Well, th- this begs another question. Did they ask? 
Yes. Did yes, they bring I it up know, or are you bringing it up going like, mom and dad, we need to talk about your money situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a different spin depending on which way it came from. Yeah. And sometimes when you start like winning in an area of life and then you're like, oh, my parents aren't doing this. I could go in and save them and help them. Mm. And then it starts to be awkward, 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 because your parents really don't want to probably hear what you have to say. Let's be honest. I think Dave Ramsey calls it powdered butt syndrome. Yes, it's just hard to hear money advice from the person who not long ago you you were, you know, wiping their their behind. That's right. Changing your diaper. Uh, But there are people that are genuinely concerned for their family and their parents. And they're like, I feel like they're not going to be in a good place. So, like, what can I do to help? Good motive, good intent, good heart. But it can lead to some tension. Yes. So... What do you say, George? What do you What do you do? How do you Ooh. How do you How do you combat this? How would you answer that question? Number one, you can't control people, and that is a really frustrating thing to grapple with because your immediate thing is like, well, if I can, if they would just like, I just got on this Ramsey plan, I got out of debt, and if they would just do the same, their life would be better, and so they have to do this. That rarely works out. They have to want it more than you do. Yeah, and so the thing you can do is ask them questions about their situation and see, do they want help? Do they need help? Are there any resources or encouragement? That Would you, you do that them? regardless of if they came to you and like talked to you? Would you just bring it up out of the blue? If I'm noticing a pattern of pain and struggle, then like I want to help my family. I'm going to bring would. it up. I would bring it up and say, oh, hey, man. mom, dad, like I, I know you're struggling. I'm so sorry. Like lead with empathy. That's the key. Sure. It would be hard. I'm not I don't, saying know, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would be the one to bring it up. There's a part of me that I'm I don't like, think they're going to bring it up. So then, so then, so what, someone what, what, has to go first. So, but is it your responsibility, though? No, I think John Deloney would it's say it's not your responsibility. But if it's something that keeps you up at night, it's worth bringing up to mom and dad or whoever in the family. And yeah. Going, hey, I care about you. I care about this relationship. I don't know if there's any way I can. Even if help. it's not involving you. It generally won't involve you. Yeah. It's their own decisions that have put them Yeah, there. I don't know, George. I don't know if I I don't know if I'm bringing it up. I think the pain of just watching them just Of course it's terrible, but this life. that could be with anything though, right? But I can't go in and like save them. No. But if they came to me and said, "Gosh, we are really struggling. We don't know what to do." And they bring it to you, then I feel like that's an open door. But if it's just like out of the blue just sitting there like, "Mom, dad, I just feel like you guys are struggling with money." That's a different take on it. I wouldn't go about it with that level of force. Yes. Okay. Okay. But I do think it's worth trying to start a conversation. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to be the one taking care of them because they're so broke. I know. But what if they don't change? That's on them. Then you're, I know. But at least I I can say I made an attempt. Hmm. You know? I don't know. I don't know. Leave and leave. Rachel's just going to leave you (laughs) in the pit, not help you out. It's not that I'm not going to help you, but I'm not going to go in and try to save, especially my parents in situations. Well, we the same calls. with like marriage or health or what. I'm like, that's not my that's not my monkey. Ain't my zoo. But I can always give encouragement and resources. You know, gifting them a book that could sure. help. Yeah. So that's what I'm that's saying. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying I'm going to swoop in and be the savior. Yeah. But if I know this book could really help you, this course could help you. Why would I not do that? Yeah. 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 That's fair. Because I think a third party. Where it's not you giving the advice, but the book or the podcast or the class is like that's a good and easier sell. Fair. 
Yeah. All right. But this is one of the hardest things to deal with. Oh, for sure. For sure. Let's call that out. Next question. Do you charge family members rent if they're staying under your roof? In-laws, adult children, distant cousins in town for a summer job? I think it all depends. I think it depends. Here's one listener said that they have an in-law living with her and her husband who eats their food, uses their utilities while they're at work all day, and it's hiking their monthly cost of living up significantly. So it sounds like they are living there for free. Yes. Not chipping in, not adding anything. Yeah. Oh, man. So we've done this personally with my sister-in-law. Okay. And we charged her rent. Yes, yes. I think that's fair. Now, it was much, much lower than anything she would ever Mm -hmm. get. It was minimal comparatively. Yeah. So I saw this Instagram video. I don't know if this is true or not, but it was a funny situation that the that the like 20-year-old daughter went back and moved home. And the stepdad was like, you have to start paying rent. Well, it turns out the deed of the house, because her dad had passed away, and I guess the deed was in his name and he gave it to her in the will. So the deed passed to her. So then she turns around and tells her stepdad, you got to charge me. I own the house. Oh. If you're going to stay here, you have to charge me rent. So the question is, does it go both ways? For an older generation to tell the younger generation, you got to pay rent. And what about the younger generation telling the older generation? Like, is it the same principle regardless of age? That's a hot take. Isn't that crazy though? I was like, oh my gosh. Well, we got a call on the Ramsey show the other day, 16-year-old in Canada, working hard, uh, pays for his own insurance, his car, his gas, all of that. And he said, my dad wants to charge me $500 in rent. No, not 16 for 16. No, not a minor. Oh, no, that's weird. That crosses a line. And a lot of people that had different takes. Obviously, <gasps> me and Dr. John Deloney were like, that is like abusive. Like, that's yeah, insane. Yeah, that's like Don't crazy. do that. He's a minor. Yes. He's working hard. When he's 18 and he wants, you know, you can decide what you want to do at 18. Oh, no, that, that's a child. But most people who whose parents do that, that kid is gone at 18. You never hear from them again. Oh, so sure. It, it hurts the relationship. Yeah, no, not at 16. Okay, do you make the do you make the stepdad pay rent if the deed is in your name? <laughs> I depending on the relationship, yes. Yeah. If you're in the house, you gotta pay rent. Yeah. The whole my house, my rules thing. If it's a quick transition thing, I probably wouldn't. If it's like, hey, yeah. we need 90 days or something, I'd be like, that's great. Here's a gift. Here's the guest room. But if it's gonna be a long term situation, yeah, charge rent. That's fair. What are your thoughts on receiving? money help from family. So a listener wrote in and said, my husband's family planned a huge family trip to Disney World and we had to awkwardly tell them that it wasn't in our budget. It ended up being a really good conversation and his parents were very understanding and offered to pay for our flights so that we could just cover room and board. We wrestled with this but accepted their generosity and made great memories. It was a great way for me to learn sometimes that it's okay to receive. I love this. That's wonderful. Yes. Um, receiving money help. I don't think it bothers me. The like, question is, are there strings attached? Yeah, for sure. Yes. If it's, yeah. That's the scary part. If yep. someone writes you a check and all of a sudden they want to say into your life. Yes. That's the tough part for me. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it depends on the situation. Normally, receiving money help from family, that's not like a loan. Because yes. that gets really awkward. Yeah, you, Do not lend no, family money under any circumstances. To pay them back and all of it. No, this is a gift. But if it's a straight gift and they say, we don't want this money back, here's $10,000, mm-hmm. go on the vacation, use this for your down payment. I think that's beautiful and we should receive it yeah. and steward it wisely. I would say if it's consistent though, and you're like a grown up with your oh. own feeling, that could start to get weird. I've seen those situations. That would feel weird. Like, there's a point that I'm like, you have to give dignity to your kids at that point that they have to like figure out life, right? Yeah. Of 
if they're adults and they're living life. But if it's like, oh man, we're having a tough time and they can help with the car, like buy a new car or maybe for three months, I don't know, help with the kids' school tuition. I know a lot of grandparents do that. They help pay for kids. Like that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. No. If the parents are in a financial situation where they can, I don't know. I don't think that's bad. There's, to I've you. seen situations where it's a married couple, but like the wife's dad is just still giving her monthly money. And so she feels like, well, this is my money. I do what <gasps> I want with it. Oh, no. That can create some real awkward tension in a marriage. Her poor husband. I know. Her it puts dad him in a weird is still situation. giving her. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's weird. So I think I don't you, like that. you cut ties. I'm not asking my, I've, I haven't asked my parents. I've moved out of the house when I was 20. Yeah. I've never asked my parents for a dime. Yeah. I think it's the consistency that is unhealthy. Agreed. Yeah. But a trip to Disney World, that's great. That's so kind. That's sweet. And good for her to just be honest and say, like, we can't afford this. Good for them. So that's Amazing. great. That's so great. Props. All right. Next question. What do I say when a family member asks me to co-sign a loan? Ooh. Er, er, we get this call <laughs> a whole bunch on the Ramsey show. People calling in saying, hey, they asked me to co-sign. Oh, yeah. Y'all don't do I it. I want to help them, but... Uh. Co-signing. Getting in any level of debt with another person changes everything. And they have to have a co-signer because they're not good with money or they don't have enough money for the thing. Like the bank doesn't even trust them to get a loan. So they have to find somebody. So that's already a red flag. You're putting yourself in a major financial if situation. they can't pay, which there's a higher chance they can't. Yeah, they, have, they, need, they need a co-signer. Yeah. You're on the hook. Yep. And it does change the relationship. Mm -hmm. Whenever you guys hang out, in the back of the other person's mind, they're thinking, oh gosh, I owe them money. Well, no, or I hope they're paying their car payment because, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm check checking in. If I'm the co-signer, I'm like, have you paid? Oh my gosh. What do you, hey, why are you going we on that vacation? So, which don't go on that vacation. You won't, you won't the car. No, don't do that. I know. And we, we're in the front lines, George, really, of these conversations because people call the Ramsey. So we do here the worst of the worst because people call in with it. There are situations, but we've heard everything. Like it scares me because of how many stories we've heard of people. Oh, everything from how, like, be even having your name on a mortgage with someone you're not married to, Ugh. like that whole thing, from cars to student loans, everything, and it's it's a mess. It's and a if mess. you're a parent and you've got a kid, don't co-sign for their loans either. No, no. Parent Plus loans are some of the worst loans out there, yes. as far as the terms. Oh, that's awkward. Just say no. Well, I know. How, 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 how do you say it? Um, kindly. Yeah. And I think you dig into the root of what's going on because they're asking you for money help. So I think that gives you permission to ask some questions about what's going on. What kind of car are you needing if this is co-signing a car? Yeah. How can we get you a car that's reasonable that you can pay cash for? And I can show you ways that you can save up and pay. Yeah. And that's let me help you find something that you can afford. Exactly. Um, so or, or they're just like, all right, I'm moving on to the next person to see if I can co-sign too. Fine by me. <laughs> I know. Yes. I think, it's, I think it's a very kind, like, I just don't feel comfortable with that. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And just say, I care about this relationship too much to have this get in the middle of it. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. Business friends, that whole thing. It's just like, yep. Let's keep it. Ugh. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Woo. Okay. I'm done with family talk, Rachel. Ooh, okay. Let's, let's move on to what friends. Friends. Social money questions. Ugh. First question is, how do you draw boundaries around contributing to a group gift? Oh, this one is so good. So friends. The TV show. We know it. We love it. Oh, yeah. When Ross <laughs> moved into a new apartment complex, everyone was chipping in for the handyman. <laughs> for the retirement like, party. Yeah, for the retirement party. It was like 100 bucks. And he had just moved in. He was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've never met him. Like, I don't know. I don't know this guy. And everyone was like, you're not, you're not chipping in. And they oh. all got mad at him. So, yeah, this is a big deal. Group gifts 
is constant, whether it's like baby showers or even Christmas gifts at work and people, you know, are chipping in for their leader. Like it is, it's, it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. So one listener wrote in and said, my father-in-law told us that he had just purchased a Roomba for my mother-in-law's Christmas gift and expected all the kids to contribute without checking with us first. My husband did a good job at drawing the boundary and said that we've already purchased gifts of our own. My man. So good. That's the way to do it. Now I will say some group gifts I love because it takes <laughs> the workout of trying to like figure out a gift. Like this yes. is good for teacher gifts. Like sometimes the class will go in and like the room mom will be like, hey, will you give me X amount of dollars? And she goes and gets her a big basket like with tons of stuff. And she does all the heavy lifting. You just contribute the money. Yeah. Sometimes it's convenient to do a group gift. I'm a fan of that. But if it's constant and it's not even a thing that you wanted to participate in, that's what's awkward. That's another one of those boundaries. What do you do? No like if you're at work and people are like, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so, I don't know, uh, is We've had a lot moving that are... and needs <laughs> dinner tonight. I don't know what it is, but like, and people keep asking you for money, what do you do? Um, I think it's awkward because if you do say no, there's some judgment there. So that's what we're worried about. And especially the, the dollar judgment. amount. If they're like, it's just 20 bucks. You can't have, and so I got and this like, message. I'm going to read it to you, Rachel, and get your take on it. Okay. Because I, I struggle to respond. It's not an easy question. Okay. So Jessica reached out on Instagram and said, I have a question, not the type to call in about. And she's not about to call the show. She's in baby step two, which means she's trying to pay off all of her consumer debt. Her coworkers will buy her manager a gift and then ask them all to pitch in. Ends up being 25 bucks each, no big deal. But the coworker's mother in law just passed away. Plant was bought for her. And they still want everyone to contribute. And so it just gets awkward because there's all kinds of things that keep coming up, whether she's expected to contribute, like you're talking about. And her husband and uh, her, have, they've made a lot of sacrifices this year. So it sounds selfish to say no to contributing, but it's another thing getting in the way of them becoming debt-free, which is their focus goal. And so they said they make great money. They're not trying to sound cheap, but it's the principle uh, that they have to cut back. Mm. So, I mean, I told her... you. It's a tough one. Don't feel like you have to give to everything, even if people are judgy, and communicating as much as possible up front and saying, hey, guys, this is how much I can do max, if at all. I can yeah. do $10 max towards this thing. But you you have to just put away that shame and guilt and just say, I can't do it. Yes. And it may be more in your head than you think, and they may go, oh, okay, moving on. Totally. And isn't that funny? I feel like that's usually a lot of social situations. In your head, it's like the biggest deal ever. And then for most people, like they don't even think twice about it. So, Well, if they're going to be judgy and they're so generous, they can cover your portion. <laughs> How about that? Let them, be, let them be generous. Yeah. I think that it's fair to draw a boundary at some point. But I get that you feel like, oh, especially if the dollar amount's low. And like, it's just 10 bucks. And you're like— but 10 bucks here, oh 20 gosh, bucks there, It just adds up really bucks. quick. Yes, yes. All right, next question. How and when— to talk about your salary with friends. Oh, interesting. So we had an interesting, when we were brainstorming this episode, we had a bunch of people in the room, all different stages of life and ages and all of it. And it was fascinating because, and not to call out all the single ladies, but a lot of the single ladies, they didn't have a problem sharing with their friends what they made. And for some reason, the married people in the room had more of a pause. Reservation. Yes. So I thought, oh, that is interesting. Because I think if I was single, in a sense, you're like, okay, I just know my my lane, what's going on with my money, all of it. I think I would want to know, not to be nosy, but like, yeah, what, what are my other friends doing? Does this feel right? Like to have, uh, to have other people to bounce ideas off of. And so when you're married, you have your spouse to do that. Uh, 
So I could see how that would be easier. But we just had an interesting discussion yeah. about it. Because I think we were both in, the, in like the opinion of, no, nah, that's just weird. I just don't talk to about sell salary. Your, yeah, to, to talk about your salary. And I think the earlier you are in the job market, the easier it is. Because for the most part, it's like if you're entry level or, you know, you're starting out your career, most people generally are in the same range. But within a few years, people can start jumping real quick. And then that's and where then if it gets it can awkward. It get awkward. Yeah, yes. I, don't, I don't think there's enough upside to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're later in your career or you're married. It just gets weird. And obviously- I don't. We talk about money a lot around here and we people call into the show. We go, what's your income? It's our first question. I know. And they're debt-free scream. What's your income? Yeah. What do you do? But it's more to encourage the listeners out there that, hey, you can do this. Yes, that's These right. These people make this much. Here's how much they paid off. And so it's more for clarity on that end. Does it, Do any of your friends talk about how much they make? Like, do you know what your friends make at all? I can't think of- any friends where I know their salary. I don't think I do either. I have one friend that works for Metro Nashville, like the government. Yeah. And they list on the website everyone's right. salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one feels unfair because that one's it's public knowledge. Have you looked it up, George? I may have at one point because I was see, curious. Like, what do they make? Yeah. Yeah. But again, like, I'm like, okay, what am I, what am I going to do with that? And so to me, what was, it's always, what is your motive in finding out? Uh-huh. Because usually it's just going to create a weird riff in the relationship. Yeah. Where they go, oh, well, they make more than <laughs> I, I think work it's I think her. it's bizarre. I hadn't realized how common it was until that meeting. Of well, there's how this whole movement people... of salary transparency. Yeah. And these companies are out to get us. They're not paying us what we're worth. That's the the motive I find yes. behind most of the time. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's just crazy. I'm like, oh, I feel cringy. What's up, guys? If you want to be better with money, your first step is to start budgeting with every dollar. This is the app Rachel and I both use, and trust me, it's great because it gives you everything you need to make budgeting easier, faster, and dare I say, even enjoyable. Yeah, I think you can say that, George. I mean, it's pretty enjoyable to have more money, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you're intentional with your spending. Guys, download every dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play today. All right, another socially derived question here. When should money come up in dating relationships? Ooh. So most people want to know a few things here. If and when to start splitting the bill once you're in a relationship, when do you start doing that? And then number two, when to bring up your beliefs, your philosophy around money. Okay, so splitting the bill. There's kind of three different perspectives on this. So it's 2023, all right? So some people say split it evenly. <laughs> so what happens? Off to a great start. <laughs> Some people say it's tradition and the gender pay gap still exists. So the dude should always pay. And then some people say it all depends on who initiated the date. Okay. Which is generally going to be the guy. I know I girls assume. can do it. I might be super old school on this. You think guys should always I pay? I just expect the dude to pay. Yeah. It would feel, I think I would be judgy if we got to the end of the meal and they were like, two checks, please. I would be like, this? I was supposed to get a free meal. I assume <laughs> that would be your last date with that person. Is that I do fair? I feel like that feels weird. Yeah. Is that a Southern? I don't know. Is that is that like a age thing, a Southern thing, a cultural thing? I don't thing? know. I, don't know. I grew up in Boston, weird. but I, I think there's more of it in the South. But I, I think the guy generally pays. Yeah. Unless the girl has issue with it. Or like is like, hey, no, I, let me get. And I'll go, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's, I got it. And I can see after you like know. months of dating – then, I mean, there's like, there's a point where I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I'm great. Like you've been paying for, like, I don't like, know there's me... a certain threshold of time where it's like three months in, no, time to no. split. No, no, but I, f I feel like eventually if it's kind of getting serious, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't mind picking up. Like if every time we go out, like, it's on him. I'm like, that 
after a while, I would be totally fine paying for stuff. Yeah. But the initial first impression part of the relationship, yeah, I, I would expect him to pay. He pays. There it is from Rachel's mouth okay. to your ears. And would it be a deal breaker if you find out that the person you're dating like has totally different money philosophies and looks at money totally differently? Oh, uh, I think it depends on their willingness to evolve and change and grow. Mm-hmm. If someone is just like, I believe that leveraging debt is the path to wealth, I couldn't be in a relationship with that person because of my convictions and my beliefs. Right, right. So if you know that's going to cause a weird riff in the relationship later on in marriage and all that, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to work out. I mean, money fights and money problems are one of the leading causes of divorce. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a, oh my gosh, he has debt and I don't, it's over. Yeah. That's a ridiculous thought to have. Mm -hmm. But if they're unwilling to, they don't want to pay off the debt, they don't want to grow when it comes to their money, that's a red flag to me. Yeah, it would be hard, especially if you have a deep conviction about something. And it's like, oh, man, so. Like, when you started dating with Dave, like, you, he's got to be debt-free. No. That wasn't a part of it, no, right? No. But I feel like Winston having a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know? yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I think it's a value system thing. And I think it depends on how passionate you are about the subject. If you're generally on the same page, because I just feel like love, love can conquer all. George, love transcends. Because you know? you're never going to believe on the same page 100% about everything. No. In-laws, parenting, like all of that, right? All the big topics of marriage. You're always going to differ a little bit. So you kind of, I just don't want to be too legalistic about it. But if there's big value differences, like that is going to cause conflict later on. It does surprise me how much people don't talk about stuff before they get married. It is is shocking because I am such a talker. I'm such a talker. And like, I'm talking about ever. I mean, we're just, we're going to, we're a hundred percent going to go there. You're going to know. I don't know. I'm just like, I just don't, it just, it does surprise me a little bit of like, wow, people don't talk about this. I just don't know how you don't. That's true. I think there's more people who don't talk about it than talk about it too much and it's awkward. Yeah. So I would err on that side. Yeah, I would. Yeah. If you're going to marry that person, I'm like, all bets are off. Like at that point, like talk about it. Now, what about like debt levels? When do you think that would come up? Like, here's how much debt I ha- have. I know. And again, maybe I'm naive, but if you're taught, but if I'm like, yeah, so what do you think? Like this, that, yeah. Okay. So credit card debt, like, do you have some, like, like to me, if you're in a serious, like that's not, that shouldn't be like a scary question. Fair. At a certain point in the relationship. And you'll know. And I think you can you'll get, the, and I don't think it's even a time thing because I think people emotionally get there faster in a relationship than others, Right. For some people, it takes a some while. Some people have never talked about money because of the way they, they grew up. And so it can be a hard thing to even It can talk be, about. I know, yeah. But if but if marriage is in the picture, like- You've got to grapple are, with that. Oh, man. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Next up, how to set expectations when friends expect you to discount a service for them. Oh, this is hard. So it's a good example. The listener said, I'm a hairstylist in Nashville. People always expect me to give them big discounts on hair services to every girl I know from college, but this is my (laughs) livelihood, and I don't see this happening in every field. I highly doubt that insurance salespeople have the same issue. So true. God, that is so true. So if you're like a photographer (sighs) and you hire your friend to do the wedding, but they want the friend discount. I think if the photographer friend doesn't offer it, I'm paying full price. Oh. But if she says like, hey, I would love to help you guys, like, you know, then that's great. Yeah. But I would never expect, I just wouldn't expect that because I'm like, this is their job. Yeah. Right? And I have no problem asking the friend. Say, hey, like, I know this is your rate. 
would you be willing to do like a friend discount? And if they say, I really, like, I love to, I can't, like, I need to keep my, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I think, do you both, think they would have the ability to say no? Because I feel me, like a lot of sure. people feel like, oh man, I get, like, they ask me, and I'm like, I got to do this because they're my friend. And I don't know. Like, would if, you put them in that situation? If you're guilted into the, doing this gig, it's already going to be a weird yeah, situation. Not good. I know. But that happens a lot. Service industry but stuff. We've got especially friends if you here have, and they like DJ weddings and they'll give discounts to like Ramsey people. I yeah. Think that's cool. Because yeah. so they I want think, the business too, right? So it's like, yeah, they get their name out there. I and, think if that if you are that person offering the service, you need to think through what am I willing to give to friends up front right. instead yeah. of it being this weird last minute thing. Yes, that's good. I love that. Last up here, George, our most popular question we get. Wow. The number one question that we got when I'm I nervous. asked this was. What do you do when your friends want to split the bill evenly out at dinner, but you didn't spend as much as them? So they're getting drinks and appetizers and a big steak dinner, and you're choosing to go cheap. I would 100% say no. Absolutely. That does not bother me. Where I'm like, nope, sorry, you guys. Will be, you will be judged socially at the table. And usually the one whose idea it is to be like, guys, let's just split it all evenly. It'll be easier. They got the most stuff and the most expensive <laughs> Do stuff. Do you think they're being malicious about it? Do you think they know what they're doing? Um, I think sometimes they know what they're Those doing. Those people. So Other I times am, they're just unaware. I am an appetizer person. Good to know. So I do love I'm not an apps some, guy. I, I think they're a scam. Oh, I love them. I love an app. So I think for the price you pay for the food you get, skip I do, the apps. And I, if we go out with like another couple, I, w- I will say... Hey, you guys, um, I'm going to order some apps. If you guys want to split it, that's great. Uh, if not, like we, I'm like, you can put it on, our, like you can put it on ours. But what if they eat half the apps, but you still paid for it all? I'm great with that. Even if they're like, no, 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 we're good. You go for it. And the apps come and they're like, that actually looks really good. And you're like, hey, feel free to have some. I would. I think that's fine. There's still guilt at the end of like, I feel like I need to go have these on these apps. Yeah, they may. A lot of times what I'll do is say. But it's worth it for me to have the app. And yeah. I'm not going to keep my order to dip Generally, by myself. Like I'm probably yeah, going to share it with the table. I usually get like an app and I'll go, hey, I'm going to get an app and then I'll cover it at the end, but you guys are welcome to it. Yes, that's generous, George. There you go. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I would say speak up and say, hey, are you good if we don't split? We're going to just pay for ours. I think that's fair. I think doing that up front at the beginning of the meal even <gasps> is good. a safe bet. There you go. And just take all yeah. the awkward. So, hey guys, way. I don't know what the plans are, but we're just going to get our own stuff. That's cool with you guys. Great, you know, George. Just make it chill. Be chill about it. Chill. Calm. Calm. So chill. Calm. All right, next up, before we get to guilty as charged, we're going to play a little game, a little rapid fire Ooh. game where Lindsay's going to give us some scenarios and we got to... But you got... This is quick. Okay? Okay, we're going to go fast. Like, so and maybe you answers. answer one, then you answer one. Okay. You popcorn. Okay, okay here Ladies we go. Okay, ready? Okay, yep. A friend forgot their wallet. You pay for their meal. They forget to pay you back. How do you handle that? There is no forget. I hit the remind button on Venmo. <laughs> Every time. So they that's know. Relatable. If it's a lot. That's really relatable. If it's like $15 or less, I'm like, it's fine. If it's more than that, I will text. I'm like, hey, uh, you can Venmo me here for the $35. Great. <gasps> the remind button on Venmo. We're glad it works we invented great. it. Um, you give your car to the valet and they realize you don't have cash to tip and pay. Oh, this happened to me. Oh. And I just feel terrible. I just look at them and say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because they don't always have Venmo. Some Some companies will do Venmo. But, but what do you do? Like, what do you do? Yeah. I, so- I just, I genuinely You've am done just what so you could so- at that point. I'm so sorry. All right. Now, is it like a paid valet or is it a free valet? That, there's a difference. Okay. Well, I think most, I mean, like. If it's free, there's 
free, I it's would think. Okay. okay, so this is like a restaurant where yeah, the yeah, valet's that's what free, I think. you yeah. tip them five or ten bucks. Yeah, I know. Okay. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I'd get them on the next one. Or, I'd, you know, anytime I'm stopping back through there, <laughs> I'd go and I stop back you. by the restaurant the and see that valet guy is there. All the valet. All it right. doesn't happen to me often enough. I do self-park because I don't want to deal with these situations. Yeah, I'm with Fair. you on this. All right. Your group of friends wants to play card roulette when the bill comes at dinner. No, I hate this. That's this the is, this has happened game. just like once in my life, and I think it was so stupid. No, no. Why? That's the same person who's like, let's just all split all That's evening. terrible. Okay, also explain I would say to people no. what it is really okay. quick. It's where you throw all your cards in the table, and st- I guess somebody just like closes their eyes and grabs a card. And like and whoever, the server chooses one. And whoever's card gets chosen pays for the entire meal. No. The entire bell for everybody. Yes. Unless this yeah, is something you bill. guys always do and you're always going out together. And so like, you know, the next one hopefully is Rachel, but it still feels like, no, thank you. I don't you. like it. No, thanks. Okay. How about you don't show up to a wedding and they send you a bill for your dinner cost? No. I emotionally wanted to do this for my wedding. because Has had, that happened? It's a thing. People will send an invoice if you don't show to the wedding. No. You pay a hundred bucks a head. Oh, that is so tacky. No. So I would you not do this? it. No. I wanted to emotionally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because no, we I had like so 20 something people RSVP yes, which means we paid for their food and beverage, for all that stuff, all for them not to show up. And I was oh I was mad. Mm-mm. I think it's rude to RSVP yes to a wedding and then never show up and never It is rude, but you're not going to build the per- that that's that's okay. so tacky to me. I'm no. saying I wouldn't do it, but respect to those that have, <laughs> that the, have I no shame what would that are willing you, to do it. But how would you handle it? Someone does that to you. What would you do? Would you? I'd pay it. I mean, I guess if you're sent a bill. I'm gonna start okay. sending Rachel some invoices. See if she pays. <laughs> Venmo. It's a and just keep that. hitting that yeah. button. Remind that remind Venmo button. Um, I'm gonna like invite Rachel to hang out to like, yeah, dinner exactly. with her and Winston and be like, "You guys never showed. It was on the calendar. That's hilarious. Here's our bill. Here's pay the bill. Ha- half the bill. You pay for our apps. That's amazing. That's right. That's right. All right, last one. You've been diligent in working the baby steps, and now your friends and family know you're better off than they they are with money. So they expect you to cover the bill every time you Oh, no. How do you handle that situation, having that conversation? I say, you don't know me. You don't know my situation. Yeah. So how would that happen, though, like, like, logistically? Like, the bill comes, and they're all like... You know, we did our debt-free scream on the Ramsey show, me and my wife. We paid off our house. Yeah. And so friends were like, come on, dude, you got to pay it off house. Like, you could, you could buy that. And it's like, that doesn't mean I don't have goals and on a budget anymore. <laughs> like, I don't just, like, frivolously spend for fun. Yeah. And so there is that level of when you publicly make a claim like sure, that. Sure, You know, and they sure. know. You're like, I love the Ramsey. I became debt-free. And yeah. like, well, you're debt-free now. Yeah. Once you cover the bill, Golly, Mr. Moneybags. That, yeah, that's weird. I think it's, uh, they do it out of a dark place in their hearts. But how do you handle it? You just say no? Yeah. I'd say no. If they're a true friend, I would jab back immediately if they jabbed first. And just be like, no, bro, that's not how it works. All right. And that's it. Yeah. Shut, I would shut I, it down. No, especially if they're a true friend. And especially if they expect it. Or like, family. it's one thing if you're wanting to like treat people, mm-hmm. right? Um, but no, the expectation's weird to me. Especially if it's me paying their bill. That just feels awkward. That's weird. Yeah. No, I get that. Again, forced generosity, like the, yes. the drive through. Hate it. Hate it. Unbelievable. All right, well, it's almost the end of the episode. So we always end every episode with... Guilty as as charged. charged. This is where our producer, Lindsay, gives us a new guilty as charged question every week, and we have to answer. This better be a juicy one, Okay, this will be a fun, easy one, because I feel like we've had a lot of money ones this whole time. So we're going to throw in not a money one. 
Okay. okay. All right. Have you ever let someone consistently call you by the wrong name? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that is so funny. I would correct. No, but have you had it? No, I don't think so. But I would be a corrector. Like after like the third time, I'd be like, hey, don't feel bad. But my name's Rachel. And they're like, oh, no, I've been calling you Sarah. And it's like, it's okay. It's so not a big deal. I feel like the but longer it goes, the more awkward it is though. Like you just have to like. This was a Friends episode too. The, was it? The Friends boss, yeah, all. kept calling Chandler by the wrong name. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, if this has happened. Your last name, does it happen a lot? And then you're like. I mean, people will say Camel, but I think it's Regal. And so I'm flattered, <laughs> even though it's Camel. But I'm like, I'm not offended by a mispronunciation. <laughs> yeah. But if you are like in my life. And you consistently call me the wrong name. It's going to irk me to the point where I'm going to go, hey, man, I don't know where you got Greg from, but it's actually it's actually George. <laughs> okay, I have another one. This, this is just funny and okay. I want to ask it. Have you ever been in a situation where you've met the person like multiple times and they reintroduce themselves multiple yes. times? Like they forget your That's name. Me. And- That's me. Oh, no, Rachel. I do this. I always do this. I do. Because I say, I, yeah, I'm like, uh, I was like, I think we've met, but I'm Rachel. I do it just to double check so that they know. But like, have you done the same person? Like, have you realized like oh. I've done this for the fourth time? Oh, I <laughs> did. Oh my gosh. I did this at a Ramsey Christmas I, party. I have no, no shame in this though. I have no shame in that. Because I feel like it's kind where I'm like, I'm being genuine. Yep. Right? Yes. They're just are kind you, of are hurt you, by it. Probably. Are you? Wow. You I just don't get offended sorry. by that stuff. To me, Would you say like we've met three times? Okay. So funny enough. I've, I wouldn't say we've met three times, but I don't care to say we've met before. Oh, do you say With it like smile. that? We've met before. Oh, that's, that's like, so petty. That is like really mean, Lindsay. <laughs> Not mean. Do that just, is we've met before. Do you no, just watch them die different. inside at that no, point? She just said it separately. The first time Lindsay said, I know we've met before. Not I know. Like we've met before. Okay. Or like, oh yeah, it's so good to see you. We have met before. Well, Rachel, that's like, ah. This, I mean, sometimes <laughs> like not to that level, like play you know? Cool. But I'm sometimes like, Okay, would you, would you add where you met? Like, oh my gosh, yeah, we met before at Greg's party. <laughs> like, Why you- am I Greg? <laughs> gosh. Um, I, if you add the location, it feels less I'm sure passive I aggressive. I don't oh. come off like a jerk. No, I but you I did do smile. You did say, I know we've met before. All right. <sighs> well, send us your guilty as charged questions in uh, in the DMs, Rachel Cruz at George Camel with a K, or in the YouTube comments. We love to hear them. And let's get to the drink, Rachel. Yes, who finished, finished first? Yours. I'm closer. I know. This we said it was a diet cocaine, also known as a Tom Hanks, because I saw him on a late night show tell a story where he had this drink, and it is diet coke and champagne. Mm. That's it. Two ingredients, uh, and it comes out to just a dollar thirty three, and you can use whatever champagne you like. So it's very it, interesting. It is very different, but it's not bad though. It tastes like a champagne flavored diet coke. That's right. Absolutely. What would you rate it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. I'll go six out of ten. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it's not terrible. But I wouldn't like serve it at a party unless it was just a special thing. That's right. All right. Well, you can find the recipe in the show notes. Literally just champagne and Diet Coke. Give it a try this weekend. (laughs) So if you enjoyed this, you don't want to miss a future episode, be sure to follow us, to subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a five-star review. You can follow us on social media and tell a friend about this. Maybe they've had some awkward money conversations. They could use a little bit of guidance and wisdom and laughter. Absolutely. Well, George, what a great episode. Good times. So make sure to join us next Thursday on a new episode of Smart Smart Money Money Happy Happy Hour. Hour.